0: So I switched my strategy and I offered my service for $1 an hour to American companies. I woke up one morning, money was not on PayPal. It was completely gone. I was like, huh, it's a good start of the day. Does your girlfriend come over at the same time with you? Yes, she ended up costing me more than what they stole me on PayPal a few years after. Wow.
1: So it cost you over $100,000 to get her over here?
0: No, it cost me more than that to get a divorce from her. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you that if you think some clients are mean or some teachers are mean, you have not been to the American Embassy ever. They are the meanest you can possibly think of. As a matter of fact, when I showed up for my interview, they denied my visa. My name is Rocco Balasari. I'm 32. I'm Italian, living in Fort Lauderdale right now, where I moved five years ago.
1: And what is your company?
0: My company is Zebra Advertisement. We are a digital marketing agency. Serves pretty much clients all over the world.
1: And what makes your agency different than others?
0: We integrate with our clients at a much deeper level. Most companies think of us as hiring a CMO. To kind of jump in, understand companies' operations, and really help them grow. That is a very big differentiator because we specialize in aggressive scalability for companies.
1: Okay. Is it like a specific type of company?
0: No, it would be any company really. Throughout the years, we actually started like buying shares also in some of our clients' companies because of how much we got involved. So right now, Zebra Advertisement is also part owner of other four companies.
1: Okay. Yeah, because once I start hearing digital agency, honestly, like once I get those from people, I'm usually not interested in interviewing. But I think yours was a little bit different because at least some of the examples that we went through, as far as maybe you taking some ownership in companies and actually, like you said, they almost look at you as a marketing wing versus, again, when I hear digital agency, I really don't know what those types of people do.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody has a different approach. I come from the school of thought that you cannot have a marketing agency unless you own a product or a service that you advertise successfully. And we do that because if a company is so good at marketing, but then they don't own other product or services, then they're not that good at marketing.
1: And so I could click on the case studies tab and I guess anyone else listening could if they want to go to your website, but can you give us some examples of how you're different and case studies of what you've done to help people?
0: Of course. So basically, to give an example, let me take the example of a company that I ended up getting a share of. This company got to us four years ago. They wanted to do advertising services. After I looked at their operations and understood how everything operated, I kind of realized that that company was missing much more than marketing. So my quote to them was quite expensive, actually. They ended up turning us down came back two and a half years ago saying, we tried 15 agencies, we are still not surpassing $1,000 a month in sales, Uh, we really need something different. At that point, they agreed to have a profit sharing agreement with us, which would turn into a percentage of the company at achieving $100,000 a month in sales, which they believed it was impossible. As of now, as of today, the company is selling half a million a month, two years after, and the growth was incredibly strong. And that was achieved because not only we helped them with the marketing, we helped them uh, understanding how to grow a company, what to focus on, the customer service that is required, the operations, supply chain. So we really got in depth and that helped them a lot.
1: What did they sell?
0: It's a weight loss product.
1: Okay. Like supplement or is it something like actual equipment or what?
0: It's a band that you put on your stomach and help you lose weight through LED lights. It's a medical-grade device that basically works very well. But let's say you can go to a spa and do a treatment. It will cost you $400 The treatment. We sell a belt you can use at home for $500.
1: So they hired multiple. You're saying they kept going through agencies and they came to you saying, hey, we just want you guys to help us get over $100,000 in sales. And they said that to all the other people and all the other people thought they could and they couldn't. Like what, what were the other people doing that wasn't working as digital agencies versus what you did and worked?
0: Well, we digged into the operations of a firm. Since we really like to get involved and understand the operation of a business, we understood that not only the marketing wasn't done the way it was supposed to be done but there was a lot more into the operations that was limiting them from generating sales and maintaining that level of sales. So we did a very, very in-depth analysis for that. So
1: what else was limiting them?
0: It was supply chain, the way they were organized it, customer service, the way they were handling Q and A's on social media. It was the way basically the product was displayed and explained missing a guide on the product that people could download before buying. There were many aspects. These are just a few of them.
1: And so when they finally decided to come to y'all and work with y'all after working with all the others, all the other people as a quote unquote digital agency, are they just trying to get them better click-through rates or whatever or putting up ads But versus you guys would do that as well, but you looked more in depth at the company? Correct. Okay. And why did they let you do all that? Well, maybe they're just, they learned it didn't work for the other ones. Is that why? Because it's like, I feel like some companies would be too hesitant to open it all up for y'all to actually help them a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, when it comes to a firm, we only work with the ones that understand it. this is not us doing ads and them getting sales. We need to understand that we need to understand the processes, right? Not all is as straightforward as that, you know? So as long as clients understand that, we're a good match and we can help them out, basically.
1: Okay. Versus all the other digital agencies, they'll just go to them and they just want to help them get better ads or help them with their ads. Is that the idea? Correct.
0: Yeah. We have turned down a lot of money from clients where we thought that there wasn't a fit in terms of maybe they didn't need our help. We are always trying to make the interest of the client to make sure that that works for them.
1: And so. How did you have a background in this of figuring out, okay, maybe they're not good at their supply chain or they're not good at their customer service? Like, how did you know that? Did you have a background in helping companies like that before?
0: I guess 12 years of experience help out, right? (laughs) You either have the skills or you don't. It's not something that you can just study, you know? So
1: it's just something you learned over time building your own company?
0: Uh, Yes. That's something I've always been focusing on.
1: Okay. Well, do you have like maybe one or two other examples that we can go over before we rewind it on how you got started with this company?
0: No, other than that, I think pretty much we covered the whole ins and outs.
1: Was there another case study that you could give an example of though?
0: Yeah, of course. Another case study could be basically a company I work with that was focusing on providing roadside assistance. They wanted to offer a membership. And that membership was something that I suggested them not to offer because there are a lot of memberships out there. As a people, when they are stuck on the road, they won't help right then and there. They don't care about subscribing for a membership of something that they believe they won't need. They went against my advice. Eventually, we parted ways. A year later, they contacted me because they were not being successful. We implemented my model. The company now is generating over 200 sales a day. How many did they have before that? Probably a couple, a, day. a couple of actually a day, yeah, no more than
1: that. So maybe like they're having five or ten a day, and now with your model they have two hundred.
0: Oh no, no, they were having two to three a day, and now they have two hundred a days on a bad day.
1: What was the model they had before?
0: They were pushing a AAA, a AAA kind of business model, but there is already AAA for that. People know AAA. I offer more of a pay-as-you-go system, which I thought it was more appropriate.
1: Right. So if I call, what's the name of this company? Can you give us that?
0: I have an NDA, unfortunately. With okay.
1: That. Well, let's just say a road assistance company, right? Yeah. So the road assistance company, if I call 1-800-ROAD-ASSISTANCE, right, whatever your company that you help.
0: Oh, You don't need to call anything. You go on the road, you Google, let's say, uh, emergency roadside assistance. You can request within two minutes help directly from your phone and track everything from your phone. So you never need to call somebody. You're going to get the phone number of the tow truck coming your way, but it's also going to be tracked on the map real time. So that was the business model we implemented to reduce the strain of not knowing where your assistance is, for example, right?
1: Okay, that's super smart. Okay, I definitely agree with that. I mean, because, yeah, because then you don't know if they're actually coming. If they say an hour and a half and you're like, you can't see where they're coming, but you're saying, and that's what I was going to ask though, when I Google road assistance, Jacksonville, right? Because that's where I need, and I need that. If I go to your company, you're saying I just click one thing, I don't need to download an app?
0: Correct. You don't need to download anything.
1: I just, don't even call a number. That's what I'm confused by.
0: Yeah, you don't call a number. You do everything online, and then you're going to get the number after you complete your request of the specific person that is coming to help you out.
1: So I go in there. I just fill out a form. Is it the first website? Because I'm still a little confused by this.
0: You basically click on the ad, the ad is going to ask you to insert your address, then once you insert the address, it's going to pull up a map and confirm it with GPS tracking where you are, so you can actually tell us, I don't want to put an address, I just want to use my GPS to tell you where I am. Once we identify where you are, we ask you what problem you have, whether it's a battery, a tire, or whatever, or if you need a tow truck. Once you answer the question, it asks you for the brand, make, model, year of your car to make sure that if you need some specific parts, we can identify the best technician that can serve your car. Once you do that, it gives you a price. If you like the price, you pay. After you pay, it loads a page with an interactive map of the person that is coming, how far they are, how they're moving on the road and their phone number.
1: It seems like that makes sense. But there's no phone number at all either. It's just this. This is the only option with that.
0: Uh, Yeah, the phone number appears only when we are signing a person because the goal we have is that if you are on the road and you're stuck on the road, if you call us, you're never going to be able to explain well where you are. If you do it online, we can GPS track your location to the inch to make sure that we don't take the wrong road, the wrong side of the road. Everything is like perfect to the inch basically so you're not gonna worry about are you gonna find me what color is your car right we know where you are
1: okay and i'm looking it probably does that ad only pop up on mobile phones if i'm using it versus if i'm using like a browser like i am now
0: yeah it's only gonna be on mobile phones because we assume that if you're stuck on the road you're probably gonna use your phone
1: yeah see i'm smart rocket that's what i figured i figured (laughs) because people yeah because you can tell i mean maybe some people don't know i mean just even if you develop a website, there's like a way it looks on a phone versus your desktop. I think everyone kind of knows that, but when you're building it out, you can have things show up only if it's mobile, right? So I feel that the ads are the same thing because if I'm thinking like Rocco is, if Austin's trying to Google it right now, he really doesn't need me. You know, he was just trying to check it. But if I do on my phone, then I probably could show up somewhere. So it seems like that makes sense. And before... Sounds like I was calling a phone number and these people are trying to sell me like basically a AAA membership and I don't want to deal with that. I just want to get someone there. And so the cost for that, if someone did that, how much do you charge them to do all that?
0: It depends on the service, right? Like, let's say if it is something you need, the jump start, it's going to cost less than a tow truck. If you need the replacement of a tire, if you have the tires one price, if you don't have the tire, we need to identify a technician that can quickly get a tire or just tow you to the nearest tire shop so it really depends on the service right but overall it's very competitive because you cannot have uh, prices that are higher than the market so we are actually priced below averages i would say
1: i would believe it if you don't have like yeah people calling in and working the telephones so that's where you save on the cost right by implementing your system versus another one where i might have to call somebody
0: correct so and that's an example of how right we work with our clients these are recommendations that no marketing agency would do we asked our client to change their business model they didn't want to initially we didn't work with them when they decided to implement our business model then we jumped on board because we knew that would work and then
1: do they actually pay you or you just take a percentage of the profits or what
0: in their case they pay me a percentage of spend. i didn't buy a a share in that company They, they weren't interested in it but they didn't need that either
1: or are they just like a third party, or did they actually own tow trucks and stuff too?
0: Both. the okay. uh, Some location they own, some location they partner up.
1: Well, cool. Those were two good examples. Is there maybe one other quick one that we could go over that might be different than those two that we've talked about?
0: One other client of mine, I literally started working with them ten years ago. Brand new company, no clients. They used to sell real estate data. And for that company, we had five years plan actually implemented. One year, one plan was into acquiring customers. They have a model where you can make a subscription to download as many reports as you need. Let's say you are a large financial firm and you need, or insurance firms, you need those reports, right? So our goal initially was to acquire customers $60 to be able to get volume of subscription. Then phase two was to maintain a steady amount of new clients, but at the $40 rate. And stage three was to increase the rate, the cost to 50, but achieve a minimum of 1,500 clients a week. Over the course of the 10 years, the company has grown to over 100,000 subscribers. We actually branched out the company into uh, commercial data, so with API. So we now can serve, let's say, a Walmart that wants to download Hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of reports to be able to identify the best areas to open a supermarket, and the budgets have grown from like a thousand dollars a month to now spending close to two hundred thousand dollars a month. In that case, the value added I did brought was the strategy now to go for scalability, to basically understand that we don't need to reason in cost per subscription but lifetime value, and really help them grow in that direction.
1: With the rising cost of living. The ever-increasing cost of going to college and the insane cost of buying a house. You just don't want to leave your kids or partner with a huge financial burden. And on that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork when you apply for three million in coverage or less. Just answer a few questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees, cancel anytime. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and a plus by A.M. Best. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 on Trustpilot. And they made Forbes' Best Life Insurance 2021 list. Finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash millionaire today see if you're instantly approved that's l-a-d-d-e-r-l-i-f-e dot com slash millionaire ladder life dot com slash millionaire as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business linkedin jobs makes it easier to grow your team linkedin jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free I bet you know what I love about LinkedIn jobs, and that's just how quickly you can make that next virtual hire. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word. That you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash millionaire. That's linkedin.com slash millionaire to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So how did you find that client? Because they weren't even a company yet when they reached out to you.
0: The guy used to work for another client of mine. I flew over to, I was in Italy at the time, I flew over to the U.S., We went out an evening, we talked about it, that he was planning to do it over the next few weeks or a few months, and then he was like, hey, why don't we work together? So that's how that started.
1: Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was also saying, if it's someone who kind of started a brand new company, but if they had seen you work with another company before, that's kind of how you had that relationship to grow it. Yeah. Okay. Seems like it makes sense. So again, I guess if anyone wants to check it out, it's zebraadvertisement.com. Can anyone reach out? I know I'll, I'll get your contact info at the end, but maybe if someone want to jot it down now, I mean as far as what type of people you work with? Is it I guess just mainly online companies learning trying to increase their sales online? Which just sounds like almost everybody.
0: <laughs> no, pretty much like we work with anybody, no matter how big or small they are, as long as they have the right mindset.
1: And what's that mindset?
0: The mindset is understanding that the growth of your business comes also with understanding that you might need to reshape your business and not need to be stuck to your ideas, but you need to be willing to brainstorm, right? Because business model is key to scalability of a business.
1: Is that hard for people to get over? It seems like what happens for you a lot is that people don't, and then they try going somewhere else for a year or two and then come back to you and figure, why not give it a try?
0: Well, because like I always give them the best advice that I can think of. For me, it's not about earning a $1,000 with a client. It's about giving them the best advice possible, right? I would never give a client what an advice they want to hear just because I want them to pay me. That's one of my, like, bases of my work. So when that happens, is that usually the client doesn't want to hear that. They try what they want to try, and most of the times it doesn't work, right? And if it works, it never works the way they expect it. So they then think about me and say, oh, that guy actually told me straight up.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it makes sense because then they've listened to these other people and they're all kind of the same stuff. And they're just trying to get as much money for their company, you know, as they can, I guess, digital agency, if you will. Yeah. I don't know how often people have experiences with digital agency, but... It means so many different things that that's usually why I kind of brush them off. And after you gave me some examples, like on our pre-call, I'm like, okay, it seems like, again, yours was a little different on more like optimizing the company overall and how you could, especially when you partner with them. And then it's kind of like a win-win if the people want to prove it out. It's like, okay, well, maybe I can take a percentage of revenue or profit or whatever and prove to you that I can increase sales, that I'm not just trying to land a contract for $100,000 or whatever the contract might be.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Like I basically always try to be in their best interest, you know. Like although sometimes it might hurt me.
1: All right, I appreciate you giving us an overview on everything. So why don't we reel it back to when you were born? It sound like you, again you were born and raised in Italy.
0: Yeah, I was born and raised in Italy almost thirty two years ago. Now I'm getting old.
1: <laughs> so where in Italy?
0: I was born in Apulia, which is basically if you think of Italy, it looks like a boot. I was at the bottom of the hill. So it's a very unique place, so to say. It's like very Italian, very Italian place. You don't see much of an international atmosphere over there. It's not even, it's touristy, but just for Italians.
1: How do you spell the name of the country or city?
0: The region is called Apulia. The closest city is called Lecce, L-E-C-C-E. But I was born in a town that literally had 2,000 people.
1: Uh, That was the very bottom of the boot, bottom of the heel of the boot.
0: Yeah, at all, the very, very bottom.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now you're in the upside-down boot in Florida, right?
0: Yep. Now I'm in Florida, yeah. It was always my dream to move to the U.S.
1: Oh, well, okay. So, yeah, you're in Miami now. But basically, you're born and raised there. How long did you stay there?
0: I stayed there until I was 14. Then I moved a little bit all over Italy because I used to play professional soccer. Eventually, because of a couple of injuries, I retired when I was 17, decided to actually go to college. and
1: Well, before college, I'm a little curious because, I mean, especially if you're a professional soccer, what, 14 to 17-year-old, you're kind of like getting ready to try to be a pro? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you just get sent off away from your family to go train and stuff?
0: Yeah, it was my choice. I went to basically train at their facilities for a few years. But I always went to school at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's why I thought it was interesting. I mean, people, especially listening now, who don't know soccer as well. I mean, that's kind of what Europeans do if they're really good at a young age. They want to get you in these academies, right, and train you. But it's kind of school slash soccer school.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Because you never know in soccer, if you don't make it, you need to have an education to be able to do something else with your life.
1: Right. Were you traveling all over Italy or what camp? Like, did you go to a camp near there or academy near there?
0: I went to a camp in Milan for the team AC Milan at the time.
1: Oh, shit. You were really good then.
0: At the time, yeah. Now I'm like more of a couch potato when it comes to soccer.
1: Yeah, but you're probably better than all the Americans that you play against
0: when you pick up, huh? It's interesting. There are a lot of Latin people here, so they're very, very good.
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah, 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 especially (laughs) South Florida. You got a lot of Mexicans and stuff coming up.
0: Yeah, but I don't have the stamina I used to have back in the day when I used to train six hours a day. Now I like play once a week. And if I'm lucky if I can get to the end of the match without seeing double.
1: <laughs> you are out of shape. So you told me right before you got started that you started hitting the gym seven days a week. You used to do a four, I guess because you were trying to last longer in the soccer games.
0: It is a completely different training. Like in soccer, you train your legs for a very short term power streams on so say same your legs that's not something you train in the gym that's something you train in the soccer field so it's like completely different training unfortunately so if i were to want to get the stamina for soccer back i would need to do the soccer trainings
1: yeah no i'm feeling it. i mean i played growing up too but i didn't play for ac milan you know so well that's pretty cool i mean that's really far away though too i mean from your hometown from your family
0: yeah it wasn't easy but Actually, like, while I was there, I opened my first company at the time. I used to manage dance clubs. I Started 16 and I sold them 19.
1: From 16 to 19, you managed dance clubs?
0: Yeah, I used to manage eight of them. How
1: are you able to do that at that age?
0: Well, like, I mean, all you got to do is to be very sociable and respect people that doesn't change the way you do it you know but we had a group i created a group with another friend of 20 people so we had a very nice organization
1: well yeah but are you just trying to get kids your age to go to these clubs is that kind of what you're supposed to do
0: i started like that but then i ended up like managing the whole thing like organizing the parties the guests uh, doing the advertising at the time
1: why you were still doing the Soccer Academy, or had you stopped the Soccer Academy by then?
0: No, I, Soccer Academy, I overlapped it for two years with that. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, because, I mean, even when you're doing the Soccer Academy, isn't that seven days a week too, or no? Or is...
0: It's five days a week.
1: Five days a week. All right, so, yeah, you're doing that on the side. I guess, were you just doing the clubs on the weekend then?
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I had a group of 20 people, right? So, everybody had their own tasks. I always was a big believer at the time. You can do anything you want as long as you're organized.
1: Okay. All right, so you did that up till you're 19, and then what?
0: Then I sold them to pay for my school.
1: But you didn't own the actual clubs, you just, did you sold?
0: I sold the company shares in the clubs, actually.
1: Okay, and then you went to college, you said, from there?
0: I started in college 17 and a half. I was a year early in school. And what did you do? I wanted always to be a soccer manager at the time, but I realized that it was very hard to even get started in that career. So what I did is I studied marketing and finance, in something called the double degree program, the way it worked is the following. I needed to do the four-year bachelor in two years with an average GPA of 3.9. If I was able to achieve that, I could have gone to study another bachelor in the US, but I still had to do the four-year exams in two years, and if I was able to achieve that with a GPA of minimum of 3.8, I would be eligible to also do a master of science, instead of in two years in one year still the GPA needed was 3.9 there so that's the route I took I was able to barely pass my English exam to get admitted in the program I still to these days I have no idea how I passed that exam and then I started the route I went to study first in Milan then in Boston for two years then I came back to Italy for the master and I started my company
1: okay and where in Italy did you start your company
0: it was called Parma, the CDP, and what Parmesan cheese is from.
1: P A R M A?
0: P A R M A, yeah. Guess
1: yeah, so where you started the company you're saying, and what was the name of the company?
0: Zebra Advertisement.
1: Okay, so it's the same one that you're still doing today?
0: Yeah, I started it at 21.
1: You're 21 years old. What year was that now? I mean, I guess oh, 11 years, man. 12 years?
0: Yeah, it should be 12 years ago, give or take, 11 years ago.
1: Okay. You're in Parma, starting your company at 21, you got your Double bachelor's and your master's. So it seems like life is going well.
0: Yeah, it was going well. I started the company and my first goal at the time was I want to serve Italian hotels, giving them a very low price service for attracting foreign tourists. It went horribly well after six months. Horribly wrong, sorry. After (laughs) After six months, I had zero clients, basically.
1: Wow. Okay. So what did you learn in those first six months of...
0: I learned that Italians don't trust young people. They think they're not experienced. So I switched my strategy and I offered my service for $1 an hour to American companies.
1: What were you doing for $1 an hour?
0: Anything they wanted for marketing. My fee was $1 an hour with the agreement that if they liked my services after three months, they would go to a normal rate. And that's how I started.
1: And so do you still have that plan today that someone can hire you for a dollar an hour today?
0: No, now I can have, they know what I'm worth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just seeing if you're giving a discount to all the listeners, but hey, you're just so frustrated that you're like, okay, it's almost like, hey, I'll try anything and prove to y'all that I can do this. And were you on Upwork or like, how are you getting your...
0: I actually started on Upwork, even though I don't use Upwork anymore. From how much work I did back then, I'm still among the top 5% provider of the platform.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: They featured me in their annual report. They flew me to California. They took photos. They wrote the whole story at the time.
1: Well, that sounds pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. It was like a tough time in terms of work. I used to work 18 hours a day. And keep in mind, I still was in Italy and I needed to figure out a way to come to the U.S.
1: Were you just obsessed with going back to the U.S.?
0: It's the best country in the world for marketing. It's like if you are a soccer player, you want to be a soccer player in Europe, not in uh, the U.S., right? And then that's just, for marketing, it's the opposite. You want to be a marketing guy in the U.S., not in Italy.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that because I feel like some people in the U.S. don't realize how good we have it. You know, it's not even just marketing, but freedom wise to be able to do almost anything you want whenever you want, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. That's a, the best country in the world. There are there f- its downsides, you know, like coming from Europe, I always think that people should have free healthcare and free education. But other than that, everything else is pretty sweet over here. All
1: right. Well, hey, you're doing that for a dollar an hour. I still want to hit on this Upwork thing because that's always been my thing, too. Anyone in, who's unemployed in the U.S., you can go on Upwork and do anything. You can do data entry and you don't even need a computer or internet. You could go to your local library get a free library card and do that. Yeah. I commend you on that. So could you speak a little bit more to that?
0: In my case, I was in Europe. I have no connections in the US and I felt Upwork could be a good way to go for it. Right now, I feel Upwork. It has a lot, unfortunately, of unqualified workers on there. But when I started, all the people that were there, they were quite good at what they were doing, right? And the companies over there, they were quite good companies. So my thought was doesn't cost me anything to try the platform. There is nothing wrong in going on a website for freelancers, right? And at uh, the end of the day, that was the cheapest way to acquire leads. Yes, they get the percentage on your hourly rate. In my case, they were getting 10 cents, I guess, on the hour. But it gives you the opportunity that otherwise you wouldn't have because where else would I find those clients otherwise?
1: Yeah. I mean, super smart. Is that, I mean, even you, you marketing wise, it's like you just need to get your foot in the door. So I guess after you're doing a dollar an hour for three months, so you did that for three months, and then eventually, what were you able to jack your rate to? $2 an hour?
0: No, I wish. Too much. No, just kidding. (laughs) I started at $1 and went to 15 and now I guess my hour, I believe it's one fifty right now on Upwork.
1: Wow. Times have changed, huh, Rocco?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you get to realize that the value you bring to a company is very large, right? And. The same way they pay a lawyer $350 an hour, why wouldn't they pay somebody that helps your company make money $150 an hour? Yeah,
1: it's still a deal. Like, you know, a lawyer is not really helping your company as far as profit-wise, right? Like, versus what you're actually trying to help me grow my revenue.
0: Exactly. And I mean, like, nothing against lawyers that do a good job, you know, but you need to be able to understand your worth. And, of course, you need to practice competitively in the market, you know, and you need to be true to yourself and what you're worth.
1: Energetic Austin here, and if you're a product manager, innovator, or a startup business person like me, you know how hard it is to be sure your next big idea will be a hit. In fact, 85% of new products fail, and a huge reason for all that failure is that it's just too hard to validate product market fit with consumers. Old-style market research is too slow, too complicated, and too expensive for fast-moving teams trying to build something great. But what if you could test out your product ideas with target consumers whenever you want before you put all the time and money into development? That's what startups and Fortune 500 companies do with Feedback Loop. Get quality feedback from their target customers early and often. Feedback Loop is the test before you invent product research platform. It's got expert templates for concept testing, user discovery, prioritizing features on your roadmap, and a lot more you can create your own test in minutes and get back quality insights from your target consumers in hours. And if you go to go.feedbackloop.com forward slash millionaire, you'll get three full tests for free. So if you want your next product or feature to be a hit, test before you invest, build based on data, not opinion, and launch with confidence with Feedback Loop. And so I guess how long till when you're working from Parma in Italy... Like, how long did it take? Like, a little over a year till you started making enough money that you're thinking you can move to the US? Or, like, just tell us eventually how much money you're able to make after the first year or two.
0: So, in terms of moving to the US, the plan was the following I needed to have an investor visa to begin with, because an investor visa is required to be able to move to the US. You cannot just pack your stuff and come, right? So eventually it took me three years to be able to save $100,000. Just keep in mind, we pay 70% taxes in Italy. So that's why it took me a long time. With that in mind...
1: That's why you have, quote unquote, free healthcare. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. You still have to pay for it, but I'm feeling
0: it. Yeah. yeah. And education. You pay a lot for it. I just feel like, you know, for the people that don't make much money, it's important to have. Yeah, no, I'm,
1: I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. But I didn't know taxes were that extreme.
0: Very intense, yeah. Oh, man. And when I had the money, I had to put it on paypal because I couldn't wire it from the Italian account. I was somewhere abroad and I need to pay my lawyer and fund a bank account in the US. They stole the money. I woke up one morning, money was not on PayPal, it was completely gone. And I was like, huh, ah, it's a good start of the day. Eventually it took me two weeks to recover that money, but I'm not gonna lie it was pretty stressful. I was like, oh my God, now what the hell am I going to pay for my documents? So long story short.
1: Wait, one second, one second. Where was the money? On a table in your apartment? On a table somewhere else?
0: Uh, it was on PayPal.
1: Oh, on PayPal. I thought you said on a table, like on no, a no, table. No, 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 on okay. PayPal. You wired 100000 on PayPal to an attorney in the U.S. to get you in?
0: No, I put it on PayPal first, and then I woke up in the morning to send it to my lawyer so he could set up bank accounts and everything. I woke up and the money wasn't there.
1: Well, what happened?
0: To this day, I had to get a private investigator involved. Long story short, somebody in Pakistan had hacked my account. And luckily, we were able to find the guy and we told him either either you return the money or we're going to sue you or we're going to take actions. PayPal got involved and the money was on my account after two weeks.
1: Man, that had to be the most stressful two weeks of your life. Like how long did it take? Once it was gone on PayPal, how long did it take the private investigator to find that person? Like a day or two?
0: It took four days, approximately.
1: How were they able to hack into there?
0: Oh, that I don't know. I have no idea how they were able to get in there.
1: Did they hack through PayPal or did they hack through something on your computer? Do you have any idea of that?
0: I think they might have acted through my computer, but since PayPal got so involved, I have a feeling they probably act PayPal as well because.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it.
0: They were very responsive, which is very rare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: I feel that PayPal had an issue then too. I think it's more secure now. I'm sure it is. But yeah, <laughs> I think if they're, I agree with you. Like, you're like, wow, these guys are really helping me out versus if that happened today, I don't know if you'd get much uh, sympathy from them.
0: Yeah, long story short, I was able to wire that money and my ordeal wasn't done because...
1: One second, real too. I know you said long story short, but I still want to go on this story. After you lost 100000 were you like crying and stuff? I think I would actually cry.
0: No, pretty much...
1: Uh, $100,000, you saved up three years of like working a dollar an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like my fiance always tells me, I don't know how you're always calm.
1: Yeah, you seem pretty calm, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I, I never get upset. My mentality works okay, what's next, right? I never like freak out or like stress out because I'm understanding that, you know, when something happens, yeah, you can take it in or you can get upset, but that won't help you work toward the solution. And I'm very solution oriented. So once I understand that happened, I worked on a solution pretty much. And at the end of the day, I'm alive, I'm in good health. Yeah, I don't have $100,000 right now, but there's more to that. You know, there are people struggling for food every day. I don't want to complain about wiring money to a lawyer, you know? Yeah.
1: Amazing perspective. Yeah. But I mean, even then, I don't know if I'd like, I'm way more calmer than I used to be too. I'm not as calm as you, obviously, I think. (laughs) But I tried to be, you know, because getting mad and upset is not going to do anything. But still, I feel like just in that moment, even if it's for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, I might have to be like, Go yell some profanities outside and then calm down, <laughs> you know, just to get to release it, maybe go to the gym. but
0: I keep the profanities for my soccer team when they lose.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, is, it, is AC Milan your soccer team?
0: Of course. I follow it no matter <laughs> what time they play at.
1: Oh, wow. Th- that's pretty impressive. I guess you get to watch it during work then, huh? Because usually they can, uh, what, 2 or 3 p.m. or something like that?
0: They usually play on weekends, but now they started also playing at lunchtime. Oh, that's perfect. European time on Saturdays though. Oh, European time. Okay. So I wake up at 5 a.m. to watch them.
1: Damn. I see y'all are first in the Series A.
0: Hey, I didn't miss a match in 10 years.
1: Wow. Did you like, was Christian? oh, he was on Juventus, Cristiano. Yeah. You had Ibrahimović. Didn't he go back to there or no?
0: Yeah, he still plays there. We didn't do well.
1: He's the fucking man. He's the man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We didn't play well in the last 10 years. He arrived to the team, and just with his personality, the team went from being like 10th in the league, now we're first.
1: Gosh. Did you see when he went over to LA Galaxy, his first game, he played there?
0: Uh Oh, he scored something that was unbelievable.
1: Insane. If anyone just google his first goal for LA Galaxy Ibrahimovic I know you won't be able to spell it people but you can figure it get close enough and he'll come on there amazing
0: <laughs> one of the last one was the karate kick oh, was, yeah. that was like impressive he got the leg like probably eight feet high
1: yeah insane that guy talk about confidence this guy says how great he is and then he backs it up
0: when he signed for L.A., there was some news in Italy where he bought the first page of the L.A. Times and all he wrote was Los Angeles, comma, you are welcome. And then he signed it.
1: Yes, that's <laughs> true what happened. Yeah. He's like, you guys are welcome that I'm here. <laughs> the confidence. I've never seen anything like that. So you weren't quite as good as him in soccer, but close.
0: I wish. I'm very far <laughs> from it. Where- He's 41 and still playing professionally. I don't know how he does it. I didn't
1: know he, if, if anyone's wondering, he has like a 12 pack probably too. <laughs> like yeah. How, how he's so ripped. I didn't know he was that old. I knew he's older than Cristiano and he's still killing it, you know? It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's 41. And yet his knees broken probably three times. Last time they broke, it was like five years ago. They told me he should retire and he was like, hell no.
1: Yeah. Amazing. All right. So yeah, f- finally get your money back. You're saying you're able to wire it. Did you have a girlfriend then at that time?
0: Yeah, yeah, I had a a girlfriend, but she was pretty detached from the business.
1: Okay, well, I know, but was she going to come over to America with you too?
0: She was going to, yeah.
1: Okay, and then, yeah, you wire your money, long story short, you finally get it back, and then, sorry, then I started talking about football.
0: (laughs) I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so basically, after that, I finally got my interview at the American Embassy in Rome. And let me tell you that if you think... Some clients are mean or some teachers are mean. You have not been to the American embassy ever. They are the meanest you can possibly think of. As a matter of fact, when I showed up for my interview, they denied my visa because they said you are too young to make that much money. Your parents must be helping you and you might be lying. To that point, while they were stamping denied on my application, I took the application from the hand of the person, and I was like, you're not going to stamp anything here, I'm calling my lawyer. And I left the embassy, called my lawyer, and eventually they called me back for another interview, and the same woman told me, I still don't believe you, instead of a 5 years visa, I'm going to give you two years, because I'm sure you're not going to make it in the US. That was like, welcome to the US stamp.
1: Oh, what a nice country.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they tried to protect themselves, I guess.
1: I guess, but maybe it's just a mean person. So they give you a two-year visa so you can go over to America for two years?
0: Correct. So came over for two years, did my things. Yeah, where'd you land? Miami. Okay. I always was in the area, like in Florida. It was my, it's my favorite state. Why is that? Oh, well, it's sunny all year. <laughs>
1: Isn't it sunny in Italy too or no, where you were?
0: Oh, well, we get cold winters over there.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess because we're all flat. You're up high in the mountains kind of.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: makes sense. And again, does your girlfriend come over at the same time with you, or are you all by yourself?
0: Yes, she ended up costing me more than what they stole me on PayPal a few years after. Wow.
1: So it cost you over $100,000 to get her over here?
0: No, it cost me more than that to get a divorce from her.
1: But did she stay in Italy? Were you married or no? She came to America.
0: I married to help her come to the US, but then things didn't work out. It's a long story. Uh, I'm not getting details there, but long story short, it cost me nearly half a million to get rid of her.
1: (laughs) What happened?
0: We didn't get along. Typical things that happen in a relationship, but...
1: Was she complaining about everything or what?
0: Well, I mean, you know.
1: You make too much money.
0: I don't want to talk bad about people, you know, but... I'm the same way. I'm <laughs> just joking around. <laughs> let's just say that because I had to open the company in the U.S. again, and she was my wife, she was entitled to have the company. So that ended up costing me a lot of money.
1: So is that the same way in Italy or no? No, in Italy, it's not like... What is it in Italy? What's the percentage?
0: In Italy, like, if I open the company, my name, no matter when I open it, it's my company.
1: So you at that point, you wish you had stayed in Italy for a little bit longer.
0: No, it's still worth being in the U.S. I <laughs> made the money back in no time.
1: Gosh. <laughs> but how long were y'all married in Miami? A couple of years?
0: Two years, yeah.
1: Okay. So that was it. What did you do in the two years that you were in Miami? Because I guess we'd have to talk about your visa running up too.
0: Yeah, I bought two commercial real estates. I had like grown the comp I actually ended up on the Forbes cover the 30 under 30 for marketing and advertising. It was quite successful two years.
1: Yeah. And do you have any friends when you came over?
0: No, i had only actually two clients that became my friends and they were a couple and uh, I'm still very good friend with them. They're coming to my wedding next month.
1: Oh, I got another wedding. Are you getting remarried to the same girl?
0: Uh, no, 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 a much nicer person. And she's the one that's going to stick around.
1: Did you sign a prenup this time?
0: Oh Yeah. <laughs> I told her on the first date, if he ever works out, you need to sign a prenup. She was like, no problem.
1: (laughs) Although I have heard there's still ways to get around that. I don't know if you know that. You might want to talk to your lawyer.
0: Oh, that's America. Lawyers will always (laughs) fight you for everything.
1: That's the first thing you knew. You knew the hourly rate of lawyers. Now I know why, huh? Yep. (laughs) So when you were coming over and you're here for the two years, was it you still had the people that you're originally working for? right online was it easy to get other clients too how was your english was it the same it is now
0: or the english improved with time right by the time i came to the us i still have an accent today it was a bit worse but nothing crazy in addition to that i'm trilingual so that helped a lot because with me they could advertise in spanish they could advertise in english
1: oh that's perfect that you're in miami then too if you speak spanish right yeah that's like half of miami
0: yeah,
1: 75%. <laughs> yeah, 75 I heard they even have stop signs in Spanish down there.
0: Well, yeah, once I went to a Subway. I live in Fort Lauderdale now, but I went to Subway in Miami. I tried to order, and the guy asked me, it was Spanish, please. <laughs> That's
1: pretty funny. Well, yeah, it makes sense, again, why you moved down there. That's cool that you're trilingual, too. I didn't know that, obviously. So I guess since you came over, was it easy to grow the company? Were there any hardships other than the personal hardships you had to go through?
0: Well, like, I mean, growing a company is never easy and I always hated being in the marketing industry because doing digital marketing is such a volatile industry. There is a huge turnover of clients, so to say, right? I'm sure you're aware of that. So my goal has always been expand into owning other businesses as well. That was my utmost goal because I know that I can grow companies, but it's never nice to live in a high turnover space.
1: So you ended up buying commercial real estate, you said too?
0: Yeah, there was an investment that I don't have anymore because I had to give it away as part of the divorce. But I own two buildings in one day, the supermarket and the other one, like a hairdresser, I guess.
1: Okay. So when you're buying into those, was that kind of your thought process too? That's the reason I brought it up because you're like, hey, even though I'm making a bunch of money, it seems like everything's great. It's still kind of volatile. So I want to make sure that I invest in kind of other things.
0: I always like investing simply because it's smart to own real estate, particularly when it was low, like at the time. But the differentiation I want is a differentiation that brings money right away with my work, right? So that was the acquiring sharing business. That was mostly like a long-term investment.
1: But was there anything else like business-wise other than like, were you just working by yourself? And I see you have a team now.
0: Yeah, I had three employees at the time.
1: Oh, right when you came over?
0: Uh, Yeah, It was part of the visas that you need to hire within the first two years, five people.
1: Okay. So I guess, yeah, that incentivizes you to hire people right away, right? Did you find them through Upwork or something?
0: No, I did the proper interview process and found a few people I liked.
1: So did you have any troubles with that?
0: Not really. I'm a very easygoing person when it comes to working with. I'm forgiving. I'm nice. And overall, for me, the most important thing is that people understand that errors can happen you know and that the most important thing is not not to make errors again is to not make the same mistakes again and i am very friendly with my employees as well so we never had any trouble really have you had to fire anybody oh uh, yeah it happened uh, one person kept falling asleep at work
1: <laughs> While they're on the computer they just went to sleep
0: yeah then i told her hey by the way like if you're tired, just go to sleep earlier, but <laughs> you cannot sleep and have other people see you. And right. the solution was to place a folder in front of her so other people wouldn't see that.
1: You said, hey, that wasn't good enough. You should at least, <laughs> yeah. go, at least go to your car and go take a nap.
0: Yeah. So like uh, that, I don't like firing people, but I guess that I had no choice there. You know, I only fired two people in my life.
1: Who was the second one? Your wife?
0: No, technically she quit, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, who was the second person then? Seems like once you get hired on your team, you're good to go so far. You either get divorced from you or you fall asleep. So who was the second person?
0: No, the other person was somebody that we was kind of mutual because I understood that she was in the wrong industry for what she was trying to do. She was a writer that was like, you are wasted writing ads and writing copy. You need really to work for a publisher and she ended up working at a publisher and she agreed. So I kept her on board until she found the company she really liked. So it was kind of a firing, but for a good interest. So what'd you think about that
1: group call? That was good. It's cool because you get to see what other people are doing.
0: They're kind of the same stage as me. Hopefully that was helpful. Definitely. Yeah. Actually, a lot of stuff. The Upwork thing was very interesting.
1: Oh, I appreciate you becoming a patron. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been
0: listening to your stuff. And mostly it was really just to provide a little support. And I think I'll probably go up to the next level next year because I think it's worthwhile to help support you for all the work you put in. But now that I can get down there and listen to the second parts and the calls from people, I think that's really important too.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess versus, like, if she did writing for you, you want, like, quick headlines and something simple versus, like, in-depth articles, you're saying?
0: Yeah, it's like heavy game brain, which play on my Sunday league, right? It's a waste of his skills.
1: (laughs) Wow. You bring it full circle, huh? Yep. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that you think we should know about your company or your story here?
0: I think there is one piece of information that eventually I'm on my way to become a citizen now.
1: Oh, nice. Well, congratulations.
0: Yeah, I was able to get a special ability visa. Basically, I told the country, you either give me a green card or I do not want to live on a temporary status all the time. And they agreed.
1: Okay, has that been hard too?
0: Oh yeah, that took five years.
1: And you just, do you have to keep sending in your income and other stuff or what?
0: No, the qualification, the official one is that you need to show proof of achievement in your industry. And the example they give you as a, is kind of a scary one because they say, for example, if you win a Nobel Prize, you qualify for this category. (laughs) Oh, the actual Nobel Prize? Yeah, yeah. They say, (laughs) for example, if you won a Nobel Prize, you qualify.
1: So you've been trying to get one of those ever since?
0: Well, I didn't win the Nobel Prize for um, Peace, unfortunately. So what I used, I showed them I'm the only marketing person with a Microsoft MVP for marketing. And uh, I won the Forbes 30 under 30 and in italy i've been on multiple newspapers so i put it all together and dude you got a lot of
1: awards on here too if you can go to about and then go to awards on your company website you can see all your awards.
0: yeah they only count though very large awards like unless it is like a forbes or a microsoft award or like literally nobel Prize. that's why it's a very hard visa or like a way to get your green card But, you know, I was like, I told my lawyer at the time, I was like, listen, like, I think that for marketing, at least, or for business, I can definitely not win a Nobel Prize. Like, man, it's like 32 and I don't do crazy stuff like saving the world economy. But I think these are quite strong qualifications. So I was like, let's give it a try. And eventually it took five years within back and forth with immigration and the three visa renewals in between. And eventually, I think it was not this December, the one before, I got my green card, which eventually in five years, we qualify for citizenship.
1: Oh, well, congrats. Was that your biggest accomplishment, like you feel like?
0: My biggest accomplishment, I feel probably taking care of my dogs is much more important.
1: (laughs) How many dogs do you have?
0: Ten pets, two dogs, five cats, two guinea pigs, and a rabbit.
1: Jesus Christ. You have more animals than me.
0: You know what's the funny thing is, is that I never bought any of them. I found them, all of them, in a matter of like a year. I found a dog on a highway, a cat on a highway, another cat by my office, the rabbit in the wild that was like hurt and stuff. So I ended up like collecting them. And then I stopped finding them. Once I found that hand, that was it. I didn't find any more on the street.
1: Yeah, you're not looking for any Are you just driving by if you see another one?
0: Oh, if I find one on the street... Uh, my fiancé knows that she's going to find a pet home. I mean, says.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. My wife does the same thing too. <laughs> so I guess you, you got a full household even though you don't have kids yet and you're about to get married, huh?
0: Yeah, that's yeah, a uh, full house, but they're so nice. I love them.
1: Yeah, well, that's awesome. So do they keep you the company while you're working from home? Is that where you just work from home all the time now?
0: My fiancé, she has a five-step daughter. She's 14. So eventually I ended up working from home because with COVID, my employees stopped coming to the office. And I always had the rule, you come to the office if you want to. Then her school is like five minutes from the house. So I'm like, you know what? It makes no sense to be by myself in the office. So I set up a home office and my pit bull is the one that works with me.
1: Okay. What's your other dog doing?
0: My other dog right now is probably like sleeping somewhere in the house.
1: I think that's what they like to do a lot of the time.
0: I think, yeah, probably upstairs.
1: Do you do group calls all the time with your employees? Like, how has that changed? Do you have any suggestions on that, on, like, still how you keep a good relationship with your employees, even though everyone's working from home?
0: Yeah, we do group calls. We do get-togethers every now and then. We hang out on chat and, like, check on each other. But I'm kind of... I like to give them freedom, like, as long as they get their work done. I'm not going to be like on them too much. I want people to feel happy when they work rather than feel they have an obligation, you know, because otherwise you're going to eventually lose them along the way.
1: Yeah, now I'm feeling you. You looking to hire at all?
0: Right now, no. Right now, no. We are pretty happy with the size we have.
1: Yeah. So what's the total size now?
0: We have 10 people.
1: 10 people? Okay. Yeah, I was seeing like, I think five on the...
0: Yeah, you need to know for me that I don't hire unless I have... You have to. A year of... No, no, I mean a year of salary already in the bank account for that person because I don't like firing people if things go bad for a few months. So I only hire somebody when I can guarantee a salary of a year. So should something go bad, they don't need to risk their job. At the end of the day, you hire people that have families, that have their own needs, you know? So, I don't like playing with that. I like to be respectful toward the people I hire,
1: okay, so is that like for everybody in the bank? you usually have at least a year worth of salary in case everything hit the fan? Yes, well, that's smart too. I think some people get too on the line that they always think they're gonna grow right, and just going all the way to zero in their bank account oh, well, I'm still reinvesting in the business and business, but you still need some you know leeway in case anything happens.
0: That is correct.
1: Any other last words of wisdom for anyone who's listening?
0: I would say. Pretty much like to always make sure to be strategic about your work. 90% of the work in any business is not about how well you do your job, it's about how strategic you are about it. And the implementation is the easy part. So getting the strategy right is 90% of what is going to bring you to success.
1: Can you give us like an example?
0: Well, the example is exactly what I told you at the beginning of this call, right? The companies that... They had a plan thinking they would be successful, and then I strategized something that was 180 of what they were thinking to do, right? You need to always strategize and understand how you can actually add value to somebody else by doing what you're doing. And it's not always the easiest path. It might be the most complex or a business model that you don't like, but it needs to be what works for your customer.
1: That makes sense. How about personally? Do you get a lot of stuff done every day?
0: Yes. I work a lot myself. I like to be very involved. Plus now having a share in other four businesses, that means that I need to make sure that other four businesses are also being strategized and some of the implementation done the way I want.
1: Well, is there a way that you think you're efficient that might help people? I mean, do you write out a to-do list every day? Is there some type of routine that works well for you that maybe we could learn from?
0: For me, it's about having a routine. That's the key. I do not like not having a routine. So for example, me personally, I cannot force myself to, for example, even go out for dinner during the week. Like I'm so focused on being in my rhythm that I only go out on Friday or Saturday if I have to, but during the week, I wake up at 5 a.m., go to the gym, come home, bring the kid to school sit at my computer, do all the tasks, in my case, I'd send, I need to organize maybe text messages campaign for one company that I have, then get on with my day, I don't stand up until 6.30 from my desk, then I cook dinner, watch Netflix, go to bed, and that needs to happen on the dot, because the rhythm is what is key to not lose momentum. Okay.
1: Have you ever like lost that momentum? Like, did you just find out getting in this routine is what works best for you? Versus, again, I think some of us figure off from time to time, and then you realize, okay, I need that routine again. I mean, is that your best advice for getting things done?
0: Yeah, I think structure is key. Like, if you are not structured in most businesses, that won't work for you.
1: Well, if someone wanted to reach out and see how you could help them, what's the best way for them to reach you?
0: I guess LinkedIn probably or my company email address, but LinkedIn, I check it personally every day.
1: Okay. So I guess just check the podcast title, but you can try saying it here.
0: Oh, my name is long. It's Rock Alberto, <laughs> Alberto Baldassari. Better check the podcast name.
1: Exactly. I'll have it in the title just to help everybody else. And so they can add you know, on LinkedIn, but then what's the best way for them to maybe personally thank you, even though I guess if it's through your company email.
0: Oh, they can uh, message me on LinkedIn. I check it personally. My company email, I don't check it personally because it's the info ad, so somebody else does. My LinkedIn, I check it personally.
1: Okay. So yeah, just add them on LinkedIn and we'll have that in the show notes and whatnot. So thanks again for coming on, Rocco. We really appreciate
0: it. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much.
1: You know what I'm in the mood for right now? That's right. More service-based interviews. If you're in the mood too, then check out these episodes where we talk about how to service your customer. Episode 197 with two maids in a mop, not to be confused with two girls in a cup. Episode 89 with the author Incubator, that's a fan favorite. Or episode 140 with Barbecue Smokehouse. And if we've already filled your passion bucket with plenty of episodes, well, why don't you join us on a group call and meet some of our guests. All you have to do is become a Patreon member. I lead the calls and you get to ask the questions. So join us. Go to millionaire-interviews.com and sign up right now.